And now, podcasting from a two-person hot tub high atop the Butterfield Park water tower, it's the E-Town Lowdown, created by Robbie and Rick. And now, your handsome hosts, PK, Rick, and their highly paid intern, Malort. Welcome to another special edition of the E-Town Lowdown COVID-19 pandemic. Today is Friday, June 24th, 2021, and I have my good friend Pamela Dunley, the president and CEO of Elmhurst Memorial Hospital. Hopefully she's dry on the phone. How are you, Pam? I'm good, but again, I'm looking out my window and it's not so pretty out there. It's uh, it's not raining right now, but it's wet and cloudy and uh, and gloomy. And I hear it is going to rain all the way through the 4th of July weekend, which I'm very sad about. Yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be a wet one, that's for sure. So do you have any good news as it relates to uh, COVID patients at the hospital? I have great news. Not just good news, great news. So, if we look at our results from last week, we had five patients in the hospital that were COVID positive with three awaiting results. And as of today, but it's been all week, we have had zero patients in the hospital with COVID. Yay! Holy cow. When's the last time you could say that? before March 12th of a year and, what, three months ago, or four months ago. Holy cow. That is great news. It is wonderful news, and it's been sustained for several days, so that's the other good thing. It's, that wasn't just a one-day kind of event. Um, deaths went from 187 to 188. Uh, DuPage County had, uh, last time, 92,309 positive patients. They're at 92,446, so th- that increase is slowing down. Uh, their deaths went from 1,403 to 1,408. The state went from 1,390,280,000 to 1,390,321,000, and deaths went from 25,481 to 25,630. But the good news is discharges went from 1,820 to 1,846, and the recovery rate remains at 97% as it has been all along. So do you, you think there uh, actually might be an end in sight? Well, if people will continue to get vaccinated, and DuPage County has a pretty good vaccination rate, so I think that helps on this. And I think the more we get vaccinated, the better off we're going to be. And, and we know that, that it, it is helping. So get out there and get your vaccination so we can keep this up. Good advice. Do you know if there are any new variants of the coronavirus that uh, are very resistant to the vaccine? There are new variants out there, but we do not know that they're resistant to the vaccine. Actually, we think they're still highly effective. So when there's multiple, we hear there are multiple variants of the coronavirus, is that the same thing as the multiple variants of the influenza virus? In other words, is, is it going to be in the future they're going to try to find the, the variants of the coronavirus to put in the annual shot like they do in the flu virus, you know, the ones that they think are going to be most prevalent? So yes, it's very similar. You know, viruses mutate when they when they replicate, and they create a slightly different version of the virus, which is known as the variant. And sometimes variant viruses survive better than the original virus, 
and becoming more infectious than the original strain, which is what's happening now. And that's very similar to a very bad flu season where a strain might be uh, more infectious or, or, or more um, have a, a better time of causing someone to be ill. And so we, that's why we are constantly upgrading the vaccines to try to attack what the current variant is. I would imagine they were, will be doing the same thing with the coronavirus. Do you think that there's a lot of folks that are still being infected with coronavirus that just don't require hospitalization? And and in particular, maybe young folks that are out uh, in the fields playing baseball or whatever this summer, the, the, the kids that are maybe not social distancing like they were? Uh, I think that's absolutely true. And the thing is, we don't have any current inpatients that have coronavirus, but that does not mean we have not had positive cases. All of our positive cases are now outpatient and they don't require hospitalization. Um, a lot of those cases are young people and a lot, most of them have not been vaccinated due to uh, the age, you know, if they're less than 12 and we have seen people less than 12 uh, having coronavirus as well as um, if there are young people that just haven't gotten their vaccine. But it's important to note that nearly all deaths are now occurring in unvaccinated people in this country. Again, another reason why you want to make sure that you get your vaccination when you are able to. So I know that among your hospital workers, somewhere around 72% of your employees are vaccinated, whether they be healthcare professionals or support folks. Do you think that at some point in the, in the future that the majority of that 28% who's still unvaccinated will eventually get vaccinated? I think they will because I think we, we will probably end up needing to require that they get vaccinated because we have an obligation to keep our patients safe and keep communities safe. And so working within a healthcare facility, maybe once the um, vaccine is no longer under emergency use and has become approved by the FDA for regular use, uh, we'll probably end up needing to require that that hospital workers all get the vaccination. I know that um, you and I have kind of talked offline and decided this will be our last regular COVID interview, but we'll uh, we'll have some interviews in the future where we'll talk about a lot of other subjects, probably not nearly as often, maybe once a month. But can you give us kind of one final tally on how many uh, COVID shots that uh, EE Health has administered as of this point? Absolutely. So for individuals receiving at least one dose of the vaccine, it's 56,943. For individuals who are fully vaccinated, it's 55,239. And the total number of employees that are vaccinated, not including our independent physicians, are 6,246. So it wasn't that long ago that you had 40 or even 75 or 80 COVID inpatients. Are there a lot of empty beds now that you have none? <laughs> uh, no, there's not a lot of empty beds. Today, it's a little less crowded than we have been, but, um, it, you know, this is summer, and summer we usually are not as crowded. Uh, we're, we're really glad that we don't have COVID patients, but we have been seeing the emergency department um, has been having increased census, you know, slowly growing since February, but the last couple months is back to pre-pandemic levels. Um, and our inpatient average daily census with both our surgical volumes um, we had were the highest we ever had in May this year. We actually one day had 
298 patients in a 264-bed hospital. Luckily, I overflow areas and was able to accommodate everybody safely and everybody got excellent care, but it, it, it's getting busy. And I think a lot of it is, uh, is people choosing to get their um, things that they've been putting off. So uh, surgeries that maybe they could postpone, they're choosing to get now, but it's also a lot of uh, people didn't take care of themselves. And so they are having medical conditions that require hospitalizations that may not have required hospitalization if they had done their pre- preventative care early and gotten treated earlier. Do you, uh, do you think that there will be any future spikes in the short term, at least, as it relates to COVID? Well, I'm, I'm living in my fantasy world. I'm hopeful that they we don't have spikes. I don't want there to be spikes. But again, if we do not see everybody getting vaccinated, this new Delta strain that is out there, um, and they've got a new super Delta strain, uh, it is much more contagious. And so it does concern me that we could still have spikes. I've asked you a lot about whether or not there will be future COVID vaccinations required for people who are already vaccinated, you know, annually or on some other schedule. Is there any new information on whether that's likely to happen? So the clinical trials for that are in progress right now, and we're waiting to hear if the COVID vaccine is going to end up being an annual vaccine or a booster. Um, you know, so that information will be forthcoming. My guess would be that it will, but we don't know yet. Are um, any of the COVID vaccines that have been approved for emergency use now uh, approved for regular use, whatever that's that term is. Yeah, so fully approved by the FDA. Um, right now, they're all still under emergency use, and we are hoping and anticipating that in the near future we will get them fully approved, so they're no longer under emergency use authorization. And and I assume that supplies are are still higher than the demand. Correct at EE Health. Of the vaccine, right. We still have plenty of supplies. We we were approved by our board to keep at least six months worth of supply on hand, which we didn't used to do. We did more just in time supply management. But if anything, this uh, pandemic has taught us is that we can't do that. You know, we're you're too vulnerable if you don't have enough supplies available. So we have plenty of supplies available. You know, we continue to have plenty of uh, vaccines available. We're um, not administering the Moderna vaccine because we have moved to Pfizer at our Downers Grove site and the Pfizer vaccine, the reason why we chose that vaccine versus Moderna was because it's, it, you can use it on the kids between 12 and, and 18. So we wanted to make sure that we were able to get those kids vaccinated. And then we do have Johnson & Johnson available at our Lombard site. And Johnson & Johnson is, um, you know, the one-time shot, not the two. And you do not need an appointment to go into our um, immediate care there and to get a Johnson & Johnson vaccine. So those of you who don't want two shots, please go to Lombard and get your J&J shot. So just to clarify, you don't have any Moderna vaccine, correct? Correct. Okay, not the... People are clamoring for that. I just just to clarify. So Pfizer and Johnson and Johnson going forward, at least at this point. So um, we know that many many schools are requiring vaccinations for students in the fall. A lot of colleges, some some uh, grade schools, high schools. Uh, do you think that there will be another uh, shortage of the vaccine right before school starts? 
I think people are well prepared that we're going to have enough vaccines available. We do want to remind parents, though, that if they're getting the vaccine for their child, whether it's Pfizer or J&J or Moderna, that you are not considered fully vaccinated until two weeks after your second shot or two weeks after the Johnson & Johnson shot. So if you have to have your child fully vaccinated before they go to school, give it enough time so that you have two weeks before the school starts. You, you pretty much need to start in early to mid-July if you want to get get them in school in mid-August, right? That's right. So uh, pretty exciting. The building that Elmhurst Memorial Hospital operates in is just about 10 years old and opened just about, what, 10 years ago today or tomorrow? Today. Today? Ten years ago today, on a Saturday, we moved 101 patients across Elmhurst from, from Berteau campus, the three miles down the road, to the current campus. We moved all 101 patients in less than four hours. We did that with having an emergency C-section at the new hospital of a patient that we had never met before. and an emergency cath procedure back at the old hospital. Both procedures went extremely well, and all patients arrived safely, and it was a smooth, wonderful process, and I am so proud of this organization. So we're having a birthday cake today with our staff. We did do a, a video that if you went online on the our website, they can get to that shows um, just kind of us talking about the 10-year journey to get here and everything that we were able to accomplish. And we are just so grateful to our community who financially supported us and allowed us to build this hospital because we couldn't be who we are today without the financial support of our community. So thank you to everybody out there for supporting us to build this and for supporting us by continuing to get your care here and continuing to let us know what your needs are so that we can make sure that this community is well served. I know you just mentioned moving all those people in a very short period of time on that that one day. And uh, the last time we talked, Paul asked you what what your biggest challenge was uh, as an employee at the hospital and whether or not it was COVID. And you said, well, COVID's number two, but number one was moving all those patients in a short period of time. So that was way more difficult than it sounds when you just say it very quickly. <laughs> it was more difficult. It took us almost a year just to plan that move you know that's how much you had to orchestrate because remember people were all levels of illness all different equipment and we had to make sure that nothing would happen to our patients during that move and we were going into a new building where everything operated differently so the staff had to go from one way of providing care to a different way of providing care all within hours and it was it was quite an amazing feat to get that accomplished well, I want to thank you for uh, all the time you've provided us over the last 15 or 16 months talking about a subject that we all hoped we'd never have to talk about, and that was COVID. Um, but I do look forward to at least once a month or so talking to you about other subjects uh, that are related to health care that affect the folks in our community. So thank you for agreeing to do that going forward. Well, you know, I am so grateful to you for providing this podcast for our community. Keeping people informed is so important, and, and it was such a scary time. And knowing that they could have a podcast to listen to that would help them understand what was happening 
because unless you're in the building, unless you're part of healthcare, it's hard to really know what's happening. And you, through your efforts, have made sure that our community was educated. And so I look forward to new topics and exciting things to talk about in the future. And I thank you for all your support of our community. Well, you're welcome. And thank you so much. And uh, look, talk, look forward to talking to you in about a month. And uh, who knows what we'll be talking about, but I hope you still have zero COVID patients a month from now. I agree with you. So I hope you enjoy your summer and I will talk to you in a month. Thank you, Pam. The E-Town Lowdown brought to you by the wonderful folks at the Elmhurst Armpit Orchestra featuring the biggest bass drum in the world at nine feet in diameter. Yes, you heard that right. Nine feet in diameter. This has been a special presentation of the E-Town Lowdown.